0: All right, welcome to a new uh, segment of our of NetCourse podcasting sessions. Uh, my name is Miguel Lojo, and today I have a very special guest. I am joined, from, uh, I'm joined by a representative from the Quad X Company, a man who has been part of the di- digital startup scene uh, for most of his career uh, through his consulting firm and full-time experiences with various tech companies. Um, such as Summit Media, Seek Asia, MyProperty.ph, Travel Book, etc. And his name is Rafi Vicente. Uh, he was a, he's been able to establish a very credible uh, role in account management, marketing, and product development. So, Rafi, thank you for joining us today.
1: Hi, good afternoon from Manila. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, thank you so much for agreeing to this call. So right off the bat, first thing I really want to find out is how have you guys been doing? How has QuadEx been doing? I mean, considering the quarantine that's been in place for a little over a month now, I'm really interested to know how QuadEx and your team has been dealing with the uh, situation.
1: Yeah, um, maybe I could share how we're doing in like three different ways. Sure. How our customers are doing how the company's doing, um, and how the service is doing. Yeah. So let's start with the service. So right now, I'm actually handling our shipping cart business. So shipping cart is a cross-border delivery service. So you can buy stuff from the US and UK and have it delivered to Asia. So we actually have operations in Malaysia and the Philippines right now. Yes. So definitely on the service side of things, we have a lot of problems on the ground because we're doing deliveries. Uh, we have challenges with the lockdown areas where we have problems getting into certain barangays and locations. Our trucks and our delivery riders get held up um, for various reasons. Even the flights international for cargo coming in from the UK and US, um, the frequency is going down, mm. and of course costs are going up. So there's a lot of challenges on the service side of things. Although business-wise, the good thing is, well. We definitely saw a huge drop when the whole um, quarantine and corona pandemic started. Our volumes dropped by as much as 70 percent.
0: Oh my God, so that's how
1: wow. business was doing when it first started. But we've seen a, uh, a little pickup the past couple of weeks where people are starting to send more stuff in um, through shipping cart. So I think they realized that, hey, um, it's not so easy to get goods in Manila um, in particular. Because you are limited to like online shopping, and most of the stores are closed, and there's this chance to get more goods in through Shipping Cart that they can get from the U.S. and mm-hmm. um ship here.
0: Yeah, I actually so kind agree of like picking them. up also. Yeah, I definitely agree. And may I just say, uh, from a consumer's perspective, somebody who's actually tried the services of Shipping Cart, it still works, guys. Cool. Um, please uh, don't uh, don't doubt that they are still working hard on it I actually just got my package yesterday uh, from shipping
1: wow through. that's great news
0: yeah yeah it really is I, I got a, I got a shirt uh, from a friend uh, they bought it for okay. me they used the, and I used shipping cart to sort of deliver it to the US warehouses and I got it uh, okay yesterday. so yeah thank you yeah, was- we
1: actually yeah we have a lot of um, uplift in terms of things like vitamins for example and supplements so we're getting a lot of people shipping them from the us um and here to the philippines yes definitely. a lot of home stuff as well disinfectants even masks so people are shipping that also so there's a lot of but aside from that other normal stuff as well so like in the uk i think um new sneakers were released recently so people are also sending shoes ah, uh, nice. and other hard to get stuff yeah.
0: you know, it's actually really nice to see you know that kind of collaboration, like even across companies or across uh, countries, it, there's a, it's that little bit of hope that I think helps a lot of people. Disappear. Yeah, correct. I think you still get it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But I
1: also wanted to share on the company side, how we're doing. Yes. So I, I actually think that we're kind of lucky that we're prepared for this kind of setup, um, even before coming into the whole, um, whole work from home lockdown situation. The good thing about Quadex is that we, we, we were really promoting work from home ever since. So uh, we have a bring your own device policy in the office. So you have your own laptop that you can bring home every day. Uh, we use um, Slack immensely for our day-to-day collaboration. So we chat a lot and there's a lot of activity that happens through our Slack channels. Um, of course, emails are still um, available and like, Zoom calls and hangouts. So I think the company was pretty much prepared in terms of this work, this prolonged work from home scenario.
0: Yeah, so that's a a very interesting point that you made. So uh, to be frank, not a lot of businesses are practicing even a semblance of work from home. I mean, it's primarily just you have to come to the office, you have to work there eight, nine hours a day, and then you leave. So it's very interesting that you guys already have that in place. So can I ask then, um, given the lockdown or given the quarantine that's been going on throughout the world, have you guys noticed any difference in productivity or uh, uh, a change in like team dynamics for that matter?
1: Um, Maybe I'll separate it also into two. Yes. the Because, oper- again, we are a logistics and an operations-driven company. Yes. So, yes. definitely, because of the lockdown, operations has been affected um, immensely. Yes. So, our sure. we have to consolidate our warehouses in some locations because we can't get to work. Um, people, there's a part of our business where we still require people to physically go to work especially like in the upside of things. Yes. So on their side, definitely a lot of um, productivity losses. But Perfect. if we talk about the knowledge workers, so we have a lot of developers, for example, customer service, our marketing team. The, the good thing is we haven't seen any decline in productivity. So for example, our development team, we, we're practicing an agile um, way of working. So we do our daily stand-ups, in via Zoom calls. It used to be like face-to-face, of course, right? Yeah. <laughs> so you would have like a physical wall for your scrums, and then you have your post-its. So that's, that's how it's usually done um, before the whole lockdown. But now that we're working from home, we've devised a way of doing this remotely. So we still have like a, a virtual board that we share with the team, and then we do our daily stand-up calls and our weekly... What do you call this? Our weekly sprint plannings and um retrospectives, we do all of that um online through video calls for now. And it's kind of like working well for the team. That's
0: a, that's an amazing point because I think since a lot of people aren't used to work from home, there's a kind of struggle and then there's a there's there's a, a, a lot of adapting that needs to happen. So Essentially, you guys have been prepared for that since day one, which is a very uh, different, I would say, um, kind of setup for a company and has essentially helped you out through this whole experience. Would you agree?
1: Yes, I think. So uh, it's actually good that we were designed, our work systems were designed that way. It's an unintentional benefit, I guess, now that this is happening. Yes. So we're kind of like happy that we're... Prepared for that. So we, we were, because I've heard of some friends who work in different industries where they still use like desktop computers at the office so they can't access their files anymore. Mm. So I'm sure that in that kind of, and some people don't even have access to their emails at home. I have a friend who works in a bank and that's the uh, no problem.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I know that feeling. <laughs> yeah. Lots of people lots of bankers, sometimes even government workers. Yeah, they don't have access to that stuff. Like even Correct, trying right. to set up a VPN or some kind of something like that will be immensely Correct. difficult. So it seems like you guys have, you know, a lot of uh steps and a lot of processes that have helped you throughout this experience. So one thing I kind of want to pick your brain on is as a business leader or as a leader of your team, what do you think leaders should have as their main thought throughout this whole lockdown or throughout this whole quarantine? What is the one thing in their mind that they should prioritize when uh, handling their business, when managing their teams, and just like overall like uh, mental stability? Yeah, Um, it's
1: actually one recently we had an all-hands session via a Zoom call. Mm. We had like over 200 people across the company joining that call. We usually have our all-hands once a month. And it's like a face-to-face celebration. So we have like updates, we have um, food, there's a mini party at the office. So it was our first time to do this um, virtually through a Zoom call. And during that time, our CEO, Dino, um, shared one important thing related to your question. His message was, please make sure everybody that you stay healthy. That's the number Mm. one goal. Because if you're healthy individually, um, that also means that you will be healthy in your jobs Mm. and you can help the company become healthy also in So we want to make sure that you're not worried about your personal health because it is a health crisis that we're going through right now.
0: Exactly. You
1: want to make sure that people are taking care of themselves at home we want to make sure that they're, not, um, that they're not panicking psychologically with what's happening. Because if you're in that state of mind, of course, it will affect your work. It will affect productivity, which will in turn affect customers and the business also. Mm. We want to make sure that everybody is aware of how they should stay healthy and is aware of how they should, um, uh, what he call, this, approach their daily uh, work while they work at home.
0: Definitely, I definitely agree with that because, like, a healthy mind would I would say goes goes a long way with a productive. Yeah. Mind. So,
1: so. that's why in the office, yeah. our we 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 do have like a health officer, and she provides reminders on Slack on how to prepare your groceries, and we kind of like have a, a bulletin on our Slack group of yes. what's fake news and what's legitimate news. Whoa. So how should like clean your groceries. Cool how you should wash, how you, um, is it really necessary to like wear, uh, to clean your, um, your shoes when you, come the, when you come back home. So all of these things, we have like a channel that wherein we share what's useful and what's fake news. That sounds <laughs> so that amazing. Are more, yeah, so yeah. That people are more confident of what they need to do and they're not, um, they're not like blind as to what's truthful and not.
0: Yeah, that, that fake news bulletin board sounds very useful. I think that we definitely need that for every company. <laughs> I think it makes for yeah. way better communication channel. So you don't want your
1: staff, yeah, you yeah. don't want your staff um, not knowing what to do at home. So you want to make sure that they're focused and they're not um, distracted by other stuff.
0: Agreed. One hundred percent agreed. So, but uh, one thing I kind of also want to uh, sort of ask from you is given this whole experience that everyone is going through, like in the Philippines, in Southeast Asia, and throughout the world, do you think this lockdown will change Quad X's business in the future? Do you think it's had an impact on how you guys will be doing things moving forward? And- Definitely. Would, yeah, how so, how so?
1: Yeah, um, So, like we always say, this will be the new normal. Things will never go back to the way it was before. In fact, just yesterday we had like our excom meeting, and we've already decided to do a work from home policy permanently, even after, even after the lockdown is um is finished, because it's been something that's been playing on our minds for some time now. Now that we've been forced to do it, and like what I mentioned the knowledge workers in the company productivity-wise hasn't really been affected negatively and people are still doing, are able to do their jobs. Mm-hmm. Our, we decided that the leadership team decided that, hey, we could actually make this permanent from now on. And even after the lockdown is done, this early, we're already preparing the office for it. So we're changing the office layout to more of a co-working style of arrangement where you have like yes. hot desks, um, where, people, where we have more meeting rooms, for example. So we're already preparing the office such that after the lockdown is done, it's still permanently work from home. And then you just come to the office for like celebrations, group meetings, important cascades. But we want people to be working from home more, uh, more days in the week than working in the office.
0: Sounds wonderful. And I'm glad that you mentioned a uh, uh- a term called new normal because essentially after this COVID lockdown or after the quarantine throughout the world, I mean, things are going to change. I mean, the way we used to do yeah. things, the way we would meet, even something like the way we greet people, I think that's going to change dramatically. Yeah. Uh, if not Even
1: like in uh, our case, because we are in logistics, right? So we're really practicing the contactless deliveries. So yes. we want to make that like a standard already moving forward. So it's not just because of this situation that we want to make sure that we practice safe delivery turnover, cash handling. We want to push digital payments more rather than doing physical COD deliveries. Even our, cause we do have a local delivery uh, product that we call uh, GGX, Gogo Express, yes. it used to be a scheduled delivery business where you buy online and we deliver it to you in three days, for example but we're actually already pushing for same-day delivery right now because that's what people need. It was a product that we had. like In the pipeline, we were supposed to launch it, I think, August or September, but we were forced to like launch it this early. It's like four months early. It's not yet done. It's not perfect, but we're kind of already pushing that product this early because we know that that will be the future. Same-day delivery will be more important. Yeah. So we're actually... Pivoting our operations to support that new um, normal, also
0: for sure. I mean, people want things now. There's a there's a there's a really huge sort of immediacy that goes on with consumers' minds. So definitely in the right direction towards where you guys are going, at at least operationally and marketing-wise. So That's one right. thing I yeah sorry. So one thing I did also want to talk about with regards to marketing then uh, is the changes that's been going on throughout the whole discipline itself. Um, One of the major topics that's sort of been brewing uh, around uh, marketing is personalized marketing, you know, where you have to sort of release content or release media at the right time for the right person and for the right reason. So I kind of wanted to pick your brain on that as well. what are your ideas or opinions about personalized marketing?
1: Well, I definitely agree that it's, it's not just a trend, but it's really the feature, especially yes. if you're after performance marketing. Mm-hmm. Like you mentioned, we have, like in our case, if I would talk about shipping cart, so it's our cross-border delivery service. We have people in our database or people in our, using our product in different stages of usage. So we have like new users, we have power users, we have occasional users, and you really have to personalize the way that you interact, service, or even price the product for each of those groups because you want to grow with them in using the service over time. So of course you want to take care of them, but they have different ways or they have different needs to attend. That's important to them. Yes. Like some people, we actually did that initiative recently where we had like a persona mapping activity Ooh, for okay. different customers. Yeah, so some customers are very price sensitive because we are a delivery service. So they want to make sure that the dimensions are correct, the measurements are right, that the weight is properly captured because it of course translates to uh, what we call this to price directly. Yes. Other customers don't care about price so much What's important for them is the status updates. So they want to make sure that they get timely updates on where their items are, on where their items are, that if we say that it will arrive at this time, it will arrive by that time specifically. And some customers are more customer service is very important for them. So they don't want to talk to a bot because we have a chat bot. So they hate it when they talk to our chat bot. So they want to talk to <laughs> a real person. Yeah. So, so we actually need to capture all of those different um, needs of the customers and then personalize the service for them. That's
0: perfect. That's I think you've you you described it. Yeah.
1: You can't have a single product to service 10 different types of customers. I mean, you can't mm. force fit it to them. Because there will be pain points. They will need more service. They will need more attention if you force fit a single unified product to everybody. So you'll actually have a hard time operationally also serving that type of um, business, if that's the case.
0: Yeah, I absolutely agree. Because one thing that you know, people hate is just being bombarded with the same thing that they didn't even want or need at the time. And with that, you sort of lose numbers or you lose um, customers in that kind of method. So speaking of numbers, though, um, I know personalization is somewhat subjective in a sense. Um, A lot of marketers are kind of... uh, blind as to how they should be measuring this or how they should be keeping track of how well personalization is doing. So in your, uh, in your mind, Rafi, how would you track numbers or what, sh- what KPIs should you be uh, building on uh, when using personalization?
1: Okay. Maybe one part of it. Again, if I... If- the way that I view it, um, mm-hmm. personalization, personalization for our business, I'm looking at two things. Yes. Number one, purchase activity. So, how much do they pay transactions that, because again, it's delivery. Yes. Um, yes. Our revenue depends on the size of your shipment, the frequency, um, and even the promos that you use. So,
0: mm-hmm. we want
1: to make sure that we are able to personalize the offers that we're giving so that our Customers will transact more often, that the revenue will not dilute, and we're actually growing usage on a per-customer basis. So the personalization of offers is very important in that sense. The other way that we use personalization is more on the customer journey. So when someone signs up and then makes an account, different people have different, I guess, um, timetables before they transact. Some people will transact in a two-week window. Others will take six months before they make their first transaction. So again, the personalization for that will be also very different. So if I talk with um, on your question about the numbers, so I think those two kinds of uh, parts of the business will have different KPIs to track.
0: Mm.
1: On the journey personalization, what we do is we segment our base of like different groups or different uh, cohorts, if you may, and we have KPIs of how soon they move on to the next stage or to the next step. So this base of customers, for example, that we got from a campaign with a partner bank will take usually two weeks for a first transaction. So if we push our personalization efforts, you want to increase it by just 5%, we feel will be already good because you're already changing the overall basis performance in that sense. So we have different segments from different sources or from different um, partner campaigns that we do. And we do extensive A-B testing of what flow works better to convert them to their first transaction. So do we give them a promo offer on the first week or do we educate them on how to use the service first? So we have like different journeys that we are um, programming. To see how it will change the the standard or the default uh, conversion rates. Yes, that's one. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: Mm-hmm. No, please go ahead. The, oh, okay. The, yeah. the other part of it is the offers, right? Uh-huh. So it used to be when we when we were the shipping card started around twenty fifteen. So we're on our fifth year right now. The first two or three years of shipping cart, we were doing universal promo offers it was just like a blanket 15 percent discount that we would give to everybody and people of course love it because they can like um they can save on their shipping fees Mm. but when we did like a deep dive of our profitability on a per transaction level we found out that we were actually losing money on almost half the transactions because the because the promos we didn't have like any minimum spends or thresholds or like anybody could just use it. So we'll have people using a a promo code consistently for all of their transactions without any caps. So it really diluted a lot of our revenue. So when we started having more personalized promos where we would have different um, buckets of users, and different promo offers. like The minimum spend is higher or lower depending on what you have in your cart. Also, based on your history of how much you spend, you would personalize the offer so that it's attractive to you. But also, at the same time, it doesn't dilute our revenue. So when we started doing that, we have zero negative transactions. Everything makes money now.
0: (laughs) Nice. That sounds like a success story to me. (laughs) You know, yeah, it's all, about, it's all about learning, you know. I mean, you try one thing, you see how it works, and if it doesn't work, adapt and learn from it and try something different. And I think you've, you guys okay. have done that well. So if, let's say, I started a company tomorrow, by the way, I'm not leaving yet. <laughs> but <laughs> if I wanted to start a company tomorrow and I had personalization in mind or I had... Uh, I've been hearing about personalization. What advice would you give to somebody like that, to an entrepreneur or to somebody who's starting out? Uh, How should they go about uh, starting with personalization?
1: I think it will always start with the customers. So you should be able to organize in your mind how how you can group together customers in any useful way. Mm. Because you, you can never really personalize until you are able to organize your customers better. It could be by psychographics, demographics. That's always like a given. It could be by life stage or life cycle in the usage of your product. It could be their spending capacity. So in any way, depending on whatever business you're in, you'll have to... I always want to group things into three. So if I could like group people into three ways, how will it look like? Or what kind of groupings would I have? And then once you're able to group them in that way, that's when you think about how do I serve them price-wise, customer service-wise, even reaching out and communicating to them what's the best way to reach them. And you can actually build your funnel from that. But I guess it always starts with how you understand your customers. And you should be able, as a business leader, you should be able to group them, segment them, categorize them in a useful way that will help you um, service them better.
0: Sounds like a a plan and I'm ready to start. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's a wonderful way to uh, end our session today. I think you've given a lot of uh, wonderful insight on both how to deal with our current situation uh, with the lockdown and even how to start with creating your own personalizations with your customers or with your company. So once again, uh, everyone listening to this podcast, uh, I thank uh, Sir Rafi Vicente for joining us today. Uh, Rafi, any final thoughts you'd like to share?
1: Um, What I would say is you don't have to jump into using um, complex, um, sophisticated tools. Start with, because if you can't run a personalization campaign, Without the tools, even in the simplest form, I think you'll have a difficult time operating and running it. So always start with the basics first. And because I've also experienced jumping into using a tool and then failing in the end because you don't know how to use it because you're, you're focused on like the functions, the features, etc. But if you start with really a good understanding of how you want to run your campaigns, using tools uh, will be so much easier and will be more organic in the way that you'll be using it because you know the use cases properly.
0: Perfect. Sounds like a wonderful uh, final thought. So everyone listening to this podcast, please do visit ShippingCart at shippingcart.com for any of your uh, US or UK buys that you want to get but just can't get them here in the Philippines. Uh, So Rafi, once again, (laughs) thank you so much. And I hope everyone here has a wonderful
1: day.